Chapter 14 of the Red Cross Girls with the Russian Army. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mildred's Return. On the same afternoon that Nona and Barbara read the news of Sonya Valesky's sentence, Mildred Thornton came to Petrograd. Her return was characteristic of Mildred. It was a little past twilight, and Nona and Barbara were in their shabby sitting room. They now shared the same bedroom and the new lodgings. Nona had been crying, and in order to try and make her forget, Barbara was reading aloud. She had received a package of books and magazines from Dick Thornton earlier in the day, but this was her first chance to look them over. Although endeavoring to listen, in reality Nona's attention was only pretense. Her thoughts were with the Russian woman whose life had been so strangely associated with her own. It seemed to Nona that she had not realized how much she cared for Sonia Valesky until these last few weeks. She had become like an exquisite older sister whom she might possibly have had as a companion and friend. Never had Nona been more conscious of her own loneliness. It is true that she had been more or less lonely all her life, but this she had taken as a matter of course. Now, in these last few hours, she had suddenly been overwhelmed by the thought. Apparently their work as Red Cross nurses in Europe was nearly over. At least, when Mildred finally joined them, the three girls intended returning to France to spend a little time with Madame Castagna and Eugenia. Then Barbara and Mildred would doubtless go back to their homes in the United States. Barbara would be married in a short time, and Mildred would not wish to remain longer away from her mother and father. But Nona had no home and no people to whom she might return. The girl was glad at this moment that there were no lights in their sitting room save the two candles which were directly behind Barbara's book. She did not wish the younger girl to guess the extent of her depression. Yet it was Nona who first heard the knock at their sitting room door. Quickly as possible she got up and walked forward to open it, not even attempting to smooth her hair or to wipe the traces of tears from her face. Barbara did not glance from the page of her book. Both girls were so convinced that it was only the woman who usually brought them their dinner at this hour. When Nona opened the door, Mildred took her by both shoulders and quietly kissed her. Mildred! It was Nona's exclamation that finally aroused Barbara Mead. But even then, although Barbara rose to her feet, dropping her book on the floor, she did not move forward. She let Mildred come and put her arms around her and kiss her on both cheeks. Then Mildred stood still in the center of the room and smiled at her two friends. Won't either of you say she is glad to see me? she asked with a mixture of gaiety and wistfulness. By this time Barbara and Nona were both embracing the newcomer at once and at the same time attempting to remove her wraps. Under her nursing coat Mildred was wearing a long sable coat suitable for a princess, but neither of the girls noticed it in the excitement of her arrival. Where did you come from? Oh, Mildred, what have you been doing all this time? I have nearly died of anxiety, Barbara protested. Surely you could have gotten us some word, if only to say you were alive. Mildred shook her head. I couldn't, dear. I have come back to you the very first moment it was possible. But it is a long story. I can't tell you all at once. May I sit down? At last, Nona and Barbara had the grace to observe that Mildred looked white and tired. I arrived in Petrograd about half an hour ago with General Alexis and his staff and the Russian maid who has been with us ever since we were left behind at Grovno, she explained when her friends had thrust her unceremoniously into their only comfortable chair. I told General Alexis that I must find you at once 
so we drove to the United States Embassy, and they gave us your address. Then they left me here. I am dreadfully hungry. Can't we have something to eat before I finish my story? Certainly not, Barbara insisted, or not until you have answered two or three more questions, for I am much more apt to die of curiosity than you are to perish of starvation. How long did you remain at Grovno, and did the Germans ever capture you? I suppose your general didn't die if he escorted you to our humble door. But if he wasn't desperately ill, why did he have you stay so long in a position of such danger? And Barbara ceased to ask more questions simply because her breath had given out. At the same instant, Nona signaled a warning glance. Mildred was almost fainting with exhaustion. In these last few weeks, she must have passed through difficult experiences, and naturally she could not tell them everything at once. Please go downstairs and ask that dinner be sent at Barbara, Nona demanded, and get soup or milk or something special. If not, I'll make some beef tea for Mildred on the alcohol lamp. Mildred, suppose you put on my wrapper and lie down until after you have eaten. Then we can talk as long as you have strength for. And the girls did talk until nearly midnight in spite of Mildred's fatigue. She was perfectly well, only tired, she insisted, and greatly excited at seeing Nona and Barbara again. She had passed through events in these past few weeks such as few women have ever known, but of course Mildred related what had taken place in a simple, almost matter-of-fact fashion. She was so little given to heroics or to thinking of herself as a conspicuous personage. Yes, they had stayed on at Grovno until almost the hour when the Germans entered the old fortress. General Alexis had been wounded, but had not considered his wound serious and would not desert his post until he had finally accomplished his purpose. For the last hour, virtually only six persons had kept the German army from entering the fortifications. General Alexis, Colonel Fyodorovich, two lieutenants, and two private soldiers, although the Russian physician who had remained with his commander had turned soldier toward the last. But you don't mean that you continued inside the fort to the very end? Barbara demanded almost angrily. I suppose you were forgotten. I think I was at the last, Mildred returned. You see, at first when General Alexis discovered that I was the Red Cross nurse who had been chosen to stay behind, he was angry and insisted that I leave at once. But by the time he learned of my presence, it was too late to find me an escort. Besides, the doctor did not wish me to go. There was a Russian woman, a kind of servant, who was also with us and did the cooking, I believe, if we ever ate. Anyhow, she stayed with me and looked after me when she could, so that I was never actually alone. But Mildred, Nona asked, guessing at many details that her friend did not mention, how did you finally get away at last? And have you come directly here from Grovno? Surely the fort did not hold out all these weeks. No, we have been away from Grovno nearly two weeks. I can't remember the exact passage of time very well. Mildred explained, lifting her hands to let down the long braids of her heavy flaxen hair and allowing the hairpins to drop girl-fashion carelessly into her lap. She was wearing Nona's kimono, and it is always easier to talk confidentially with one's hair down, if one happens to have the mask that Mildred had. The very weight of it was oppressive when she was tired. Yes, it was terribly interesting toward the last. She went on. Although I don't believe even then we were in great danger. General Alexis is too wise to have permitted that. Everything was in readiness. All the plans were made days beforehand for our getting away. The different regiments of private soldiers with their officers continued to march away from Grovno, 
and so much ammunition was moved that I think almost no stores of any value were left. Then the moment finally came for our own retreat. To Barbara's intense irritation, Mildred actually paused for an instant at this point in her story, but she continued almost immediately. There was an underground passage outside the fort, leading all the way to the river. The seven of us at last left the fort together. By this time, General Alexis had almost to be carried. The pain from his wound had grown so intense. Then, every once in a while, as we went on, one of the soldiers would place a bomb in such a position that it would explode after we had gone. In this way, the underground passage was wrecked, so there never was any possibility of the Germans being able to follow us. When we reached the bridge over the river, two motor cars were waiting for us. Colonel Fyodorovich, one of the lieutenants, and the two private soldiers stayed to see that the last bridge over the stir was blown up. The other five, General Alexis, his physician, and one officer, and we two women, started west in an effort to join the retreating regiments, who were to come up with a portion of the Grand Duke's army. Goodness, Mildred Thornton, what an experience you have been through, Nona ejaculated. Yet you talk as quietly as if it were almost an ordinary occurrence. Mildred shook her head. It is not because I feel it an ordinary experience, Nona, but because so much has happened, I am overpowered by the bigness of it. Really, when we got safely away from the fort, the battle, or at least my share in it, was only about to begin. We had gone a few miles into the country when General Alexis became desperately ill. Unless he could have immediate attention, his physician said there was no possible hope for his life. Barbara had by this time slipped out of her chair and was sitting on the floor with her hands clasped over her knees, looking all eyes, and rocking herself slowly back and forward as a relief for her excitement. But you brought your general back with you, Mildred Thornton, or you said you did. How on earth did you manage about him? she interrupted. That is just what I am going to tell you, because that explains where I have been and why I have not been able to let you hear from me. Our Russian doctor ordered our motor car stopped and we entered a Russian house some distance from any main road. We purposely chose a house that had been deserted, and there we have been for two weeks struggling to save the life of General Alexis. Of course, his wound had been more serious than he would admit. The wonder is that he is still alive. But he is recovered? Barbara inquired with her usual unsatisfied curiosity. Goodness, Mill, what a heroine you will be to have nursed one of the most famous generals in the Allied armies and to have restored him to health. Won't your mother be charmed? Naturally, Mildred smiled. The thought of her mother's pleasure in her distinction had occurred to her several times in the last two weeks. Oh, of course I am glad to have had the honor, Bab, because I too think General Alexis a great man. He is perhaps the simplest man I have ever known except my father, and I like him very much, only he is not recovered and I have not restored him to health. If General Alexis had recovered, he would never have come to Petrograd. He would have rejoined his troops. But he was well enough to be moved, and Petrograd seemed the safest place for him at present. Besides, I believe he wished to have an audience with the Tsar. Barbara again rocked back and forth. You say Tsar, Mill, just as if you were speaking of an everyday person. Really, I believe you are the best-bred girl I ever saw. Position, wealth, no distinction seemed to excite you. You just take people for exactly what they are, Barbara murmured, in reality speaking to herself. But Nona overheard her. You are quite right, Bab, she agreed. Mildred does not know it, 
but she has taught me many a lesson on that subject since we came to Europe. It would be a nicer world if everybody thought and acted as Mildred does. But what has become of your general, Mill? Are you going to go on nursing him or to see him again? No to the first question, Nona dear, and yes to the second. Now I am so tired I simply must go to bed. I told the doctor and General Alexis that since he was better I wanted to come to you. Besides, I was sure that here in Petrograd there would be so many cleverer nurses than I can ever hope to be. And I didn't want to stay at the Winter Palace with you girls here. You mean, Nona asked quietly, that you were invited to be a guest at the Tsar's own palace and you declined? Mildred clasped her hands behind her head. Oh, I thought I told you. General Alexis is to be at the Winter Palace while he is in Petrograd. He is very close to the Tsar, I believe. As his nurse, of course, I was asked to stay there with him. He is to have his physician and his aides as well as his servants in attendance. There was nothing personal in my being permitted inside the palace. Some other nurse will take my place. But the point is, Mildred Thornton, that you refuse to stay under the same roof with the Tsar of all the Russias. Never so long as you live will your mother forgive you. The other girl flushed and laughed. I hadn't thought of that, Bab, dear. Please don't tell on me. But we are to be under the same roof with the Tsar some day for a few moments, all of us. General Alexis said that he wished to have us presented to the Tsar and Tsarina if it were possible to arrange. He seems to feel grateful to me for the little I was able to do. But please, Bab, don't say that I refuse to continue to nurse General Alexis. I only ask that they get someone to take my place who would be wiser. Did General Alexis agree to a new nurse for that reason, Mildred? Barbara demanded in her driest manner. But Mildred was too tired for further conversation. Oh, he was kind enough to say that I needed a rest more than he required my services. Am I to have a bed or the cot in this sitting room? You may have them all, Mildred Thornton, Barbara returned, getting up on her feet and then bowing until her forehead almost touched the floor. Any human being who is going to allow me to enter the presence of the Tsar and Tsarina has got to be treated like royalty for the rest of her life. Nevertheless, Barbara kissed Mildred goodnight. Mildred whispered, don't be a goose, and then at last was permitted to retire. End of chapter 14